Hi everyone and welcome to the Spencer Lodge podcast in partnership with Najahi. Awesome news today. I've got somebody I've been trying to get on a podcast now for the best part of six months. I met this guy at an event here in April in Dubai back so many months ago and I thought I need to get in front of this guy. But I'm not going to tell you anything about him. Cue the music and we'll get stuck into it. So first of all, Kane, okay, th- thanks very much for coming and joining us on the podcast. Pleasure. Thank Great you for having me. I've, uh, I've watched your work. I've seen what you do. I even asked my buddy Tony Robbins about you guys. And uh, he was like, those guys, those guys are dynamite. <laughs> <laughs> the big walkers. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good. <laughs> yeah, I get my hand's quite on it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but to... But to, I, I, I interview a lot of people that are in probably a not too dissimilar space to you. Okay. And I've heard very often the whole rags to riches story about how people came from nothing and they built up and stuff. And then, then I have your story. And your story is, okay, it, my, we weren't rags to riches. Our life, wasn't, our life didn't <laughs> right. suck, you know, our life didn't suck. But there were some, there were some real key things uh, in your life from, from a mindset perspective yeah. that, that I think are really interesting to share. So maybe you could just tell that story a little bit so sure. that the audience can understand. Um, yeah, so this is one of the reasons, uh, you know, we, we do a lot of work with Tony Robbins, Richard Branson, uh, Robert Kim Kiyosaki, because we have a very different story than most people. Uh, and I say we, meaning my wife and I, who teach together. And we even have a little bit of a different story ourselves. Um, so I came from actually a very wealthy family, which everybody hates when they hear that, like, oh, you know. Um, but I grew up in a family where we had a lot of money, but everybody was very unhappy and unfulfilled. And so I learned very early on, money wasn't going to create fulfillment. And I think a lot of people that come from, you know, difficult backgrounds or, or poorer families, um, they have this kind of dream that money will fulfill or make a difference. Now, everybody enjoys having the options with money, and we all want to make a big difference, and we all want to have successful businesses and financial lives. But I was just very clear early on, it wasn't going to bring the inner peace, the fulfillment. So I knew that it was just going to be a game to play to be able to have options to do more things. And what I love about creating wealth is it just gives us more options. Hey, if we want to go build schools for people or if we want to help people or if we want to donate things or do charities or if we want to launch uh, you know, partnerships, we can just do it because we have the wealth. But we know that inherently the happiness and the, the fulfillment is going to come from within and come from you know, our relationships. So uh, what happened was I grew up in a family where my father was a very traditional conservative financial officer. And he, uh, I wanted to be a musician. And in my family, it wasn't an option. You were either clash, big time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're either a doctor or a lawyer or a banker or something that has to do with money, right? And uh, I didn't want to do any of that. I wanted to be a musician. My dad used to say, "There's no money in music, so figure something else out." Um, but I didn't. I kept going, and I wanted to kind of, you know, prove that I could. Um, and by a teenager, I was performing all over. Uh, I became a record producer for Sony Music, and I was uh, doing working on all sorts of great artists' work, like uh, Mariah Carey and Joe Satriani, and ended up working with Celine Dion and uh, Beyonce and Destiny's Child. Um, but around uh, 20 years old, Napster came along and it destroyed the music industry, mm-hmm. and I found myself. $40,000 in debt, sleeping on a friend's couch in San Francisco, uh, you know, after having all that career background. And it dawned on me two things. One is, I come from money and I still had never learned how to create it. So I realized it doesn't matter whether you come from money or whether you don't come from money, nobody was learning how to create businesses and really create wealth. They were, no one was ever te- no one was ever learning it. Robert Kiyosaki, of course, says this where he says, traditional education doesn't teach us how to manage money. Um, now, I don't teach people how to manage money per se. I teach them how to uh, take their ideas out to the marketplaces and grow businesses, right? But I realized that was the first thing that no one had ever taught me. Uh, the second thing is it didn't matter how good I was or how successful I was. If I never learned how to actually turn into a business, I was never going to create the wealth. So these things started to become alive in my head. And I said, well, I need help. 
And of course, being a man, it's the last thing you want to say is, I need help, right? And today, you know, we say from a, a partner of ours named Les Brown, who's great, he always says, don't ask for help because you're weak. Ask for help because you want to remain strong. And I wish looking back that I would have asked for help earlier from people that really knew what they were doing. The other thing that made sense to me is we often ask people that don't know what they're doing. They don't have the background. We might ask our, our friends or our parents or our uncle who went got their MBA. You have to seek out people that have done it before and have become professional at transferring that knowledge. Just because somebody's good at what they do doesn't mean they can transfer that knowledge. So all these pieces started to come together. I ended up meeting a couple of business coaches that did it professionally. They were extraordinary. And within uh, four years, we created the fifth largest media company on the planet where we were creating soundtracks and animation. We were doing it for video games, television, and film all over. And we ended up working with people like Steven Spielberg and George Lucas and all these great people. So I just learned very early on that if you want to get to where you want to go, it doesn't matter where you came from, wealthy, poor, in between, educated, uneducated, makes no difference. Your future is not about your past, it's about your vision of your future and about working with great people. So that was what I had learned in that experience. Wow, you just said so much then in the last three minutes. <laughs> it's epic. When, 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 you, when you worked with those coaches at the beginning, did you, did you, did you kind of like go in there skeptically or did you go in there with a, a, a real, real kind of like desire to want to get something out of it? Well, I, both, actually. I definitely wanted more. I, so I've worked so hard to get to where I was, even though I was young. I started playing piano at five years old. I was a musician. I was classically trained jazz trained. I'd spent you know, four or five hours a day practicing in rooms, being in the studios. So I'd worked hard. So I really wanted it, and I wanted someone to help me. But also, they'd say all these things that were kind of like, do you really think that can happen? I mean, that sounds good for you or for somebody else. Or, you know, are they just kind of selling me on an idea? And it was true, everything that we talked about, we started with what did I want? You know, a good coach doesn't really, it's not about them, it's about you. Mm. What do you want? Um, in fact, uh, we, were just, we were just here in Dubai giving a presentation. We've got a few hundred business owners here. And uh, on the break, someone said to me, I'm so appreciative this is not egotistical. I said, what, what do you mean? She says, this is about us, it's not about you. She says, I've seen so many presenters and it's always about them. And that's how I feel as a coach, it's not about me. I mean, I'm sharing our stories, our systems, our ideas, but it's about what the person wants. So success to everybody is different. For some people, they wanna make a lot of money. For some people, they wanna be able to have the freedom to travel. We have three kids. For us, success is having time with our children, being able to provide them great opportunities, which we have. We've lived all over the world. If we wanna you know, put them in great schools or take them on great vacations, we can. That's success to me is to take care of the family, right? Yeah. And so I, I wanted it, but you know, many times they'd say, good, you, you want that vision? I'd say, yeah. They'd say, great, all you need to do is X, Y, and Z. It always sounds so simple that I'd be a little skeptical, yeah. right? <laughs> Can it really? The reality is, is that it takes commitments because I would run into beliefs that I didn't believe. You know, that's, that's why you have a coach. You don't believe that you can have this stuff. If you did, you'd have it already, right? Yeah. So you actually believe you can't. And then you've got this person coming along with their shiny grin saying, but you can. And it sounds like a story, right? Uh, but it turns out one of the best pieces of advice I got from my first coach is if you ever want to have great success, find the people that have it already. It's an important step. Mm -hmm. And then understand what they believe, not what they do, but what do they believe? And then learn to align yourself with those beliefs. And when you do that, you're going to actually start seeing that what's, what you want is just going to start appearing. Now, you need good strategy. So in our events, we don't just teach mindset. It's not a mindset thing. It's not just personal development. It's strategic. It's, it's uh, you know, what do you have to do along with who do you have to be? And I felt like that was a real missing. When I started this company uh, over a decade ago, uh, I just wanted to help a few entrepreneurs. Now we've had 3 million people come through our trainings. 500,000 have come through our paid conferences. We've mentored 15,000 businesses. We advise actively 2,000 businesses a year. So there's a lot going on. Um, but 
I really felt what was missing was not just to get people motivated and get them in the mindset, but to really say, what are you doing? What are the sequences you're doing things in? How are you executing on things? So we focus on both simultaneously. Interesting. Tell me, your wife, Felicia, plays a big part in your business partnership. Basically, plays a big part in my life, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. If you listen in. <laughs> I talk to her all day long on Skype. You're I wake up and she's like, good morning. I'm like, oh, hi. <laughs> the dynamic um, and, and, and the challenges that that brings, working as a husband and wife partnership, but also what are the benefits that that partnership brings to your audience? Uh, so first of all, she's brilliant, and I love that. Um, and she's brilliant in totally different ways which is very important. First of all, I'm American, as you can tell. She's from Italy, so she's European. And when I met her seven years ago, she didn't speak any English. So she's incredibly fast integrator. She grew up in a Swiss school, so her second language was German. And she spoke five languages when I met her, and English was her sixth. So in six months, she learned how to speak English and go on stages and lecture with me. Wow. So she, the, her time to understand and get feedback and integrate is brilliant. She's absolutely brilliant. Um, I won't even start to go on how beautiful she is. That's a whole other conversation. Yeah, she is beautiful. So I she's dynamic. <laughs> but most importantly, um, she is unstoppable. And she also is, she's a brilliant mother. She's a brilliant partner, a, a, you know, wife. Uh, and she's a brilliant leader. And she's got a great story, which I won't share with you now because it takes some time. But she ended up in a very uh, difficult situation where she learned she couldn't be the only person making all the decisions in her business. Uh, when I met her, she had the largest tourism company in Italy, um, and they were doing tens of millions a year a year, and they had hundreds of staff. Uh, she had built six other businesses outside of Italy, and she had also had them systematized. So when I met her, I met her at an event in Italy. She was sitting in the, in the conference because all great business owners know, no matter how good you are, you've got to keep learning and immersing yourself in training. And so she met me at the event there. I fell instantly in love with her. And within a few weeks, I asked her to move to Australia, where I was living. And she could, within uh, about two months, put you know, CEOs and executives into place wherever she had stuff in. And she left. She left all of her business, and they just, they just ticked along and ran. And she, what she taught me a lot about is actually systematizing and delegating and automating because I still had a little bit of that. I'm the one who's got to make the decisions. Controlling, and I'm the, yeah. yeah, right. Yeah. You know? And although I had run businesses with a couple hundred employees and had staff and executives, and everything, I was still kind of the one everybody came to for the decisions. So what she's brilliant at is, first of all, inspiring women to have a full plate, because she's got a full plate, right? Three children. We have three children. She runs businesses with me. She's always you know, making time for us. And she's, you know, she's European. So I say she slows me down and she balances us out. Um, but she's very serious about making an impact. She's very serious about women, women having a strong voice. She's also very feminine. And this is, I think, a, a big thing that she likes to stand for. I mean, I, I, she should be here telling you all this, but yeah. since she's not. I wonder when she comes next, we'll get well, When she comes, yeah, absolutely. And she's, she's a powerhouse because she's, she believes very, she's very feminine. She believes being very feminine, not having to be a man to be in business, and utilizing the power of the feminine to be a leader and influence through there. So I just love her. I adore her. And so do women who come to our, our events. And we invest in over 50% of the businesses that we partner with and invest in are women-owned businesses. And they just love her. She's one of the highest paid speaker, women speakers in the world. She saw it after she's on stages with Richard. She's just in an event with Tony Robbins. Like, she's just brilliant. And she does it just because she really wants to impact women's lives. And she teaches them systems. So she's also very systemic, which is very unusual. It's not just about motivation for us. It's about what are the systems you have to learn and what do you have to take on so you can grow. And she's Italian, which means she's probably incredibly fiery and passionate too. That's an understatement. <laughs> well, you put that systematic type approach to business and you're really, you, can, you throw that kind of passion into the equation. Yeah. But that, yeah. That, you know, that's going to that's bring out the best in any recipe, we're, isn't it? We're both very passionate. My, my family history is Russian, so we're, you know, okay. I mean, very strong and righteous, right? And then the Italian, you put that together and you get this very fiery couple. So, you know, when it works, 
<laughs> it's awesome, right? And, now, and, I'm, I'm aware you've not got much time, okay? So I won't take much of your time today, okay? Because you've got to get back downstairs. But I want, I want you just to give the listeners two or three tips, okay? Mm. If they're stuck right now, they're in business, they're, they're, they want to grow their business, but they're not getting anywhere. They're frustrated, maybe they're, they're, they're in fear of a few things that exist. Yeah. Maybe it's managing their cash flow, managing, finding new clients. Um, frustrated with the fact that social media seems to be dominating things, they don't know what to do. Yeah. Give, it, give us two or three tips that sure. we can literally, they can take from this podcast right now and just have a real good think about before they maybe meet you face right. to face. So everybody on the planet, every business owner I ever meet, and I meet 50,000 a year, are overwhelmed, confused, uh, and fearful. It doesn't mean that it's controlling them. It just means that somewhere in their business, they feel overwhelmed by something. They feel uh, afraid of taking too many risks, uh, and they're not clear about how to move things forward. So those areas of those businesses stay stuck, and other areas are growing, and, and they're great. Um, the ones that are that are trapped by it, they're not going anywhere. But most of the business owners I meet are saying, well, I'm very overwhelmed, I don't know how to take it international, or I don't know whether I should do my book first, or should I get on social media, or I'm spending so much time on social media, but it's not going anywhere. So they're all looking for kind of clarity, and, and, and they're concerned about doing the wrong things. So I say there's three things that help you move through overwhelm, uh, lack of clarity, and any fears that you have. Uh, number one is immersing yourself into the best practices with people that are doing it right now. Understanding what other business owners are doing that are having success right now helps you decide which is the right path for you. And just because we do things in a certain way doesn't mean it's the right path for everybody. But at least we can say, look, every year we're spending tens of millions online. We're across 32 countries. We're in all sorts of markets. We've got 2,000 uh, businesses that we advise. So we see what's working what's not working. So we can say to someone, look, in your business as a coach, in your business as a physical product, in your business as a restaurant, this is what's going on really well, also trending across the world. In Asia, they're doing this. Try that. In America, this is working. Try that if they're in you know, the Middle East or in Europe. So we can see trends. It's very important you're getting around the best practices. Number two, get around mentors that understand how to help you see things more clearly in your head. It's very hard to see your own blind spots. You know, we're, we're designed as human beings to do the best we can, but we can't reach our fullest potential alone. So when someone's outside of the system, they can see you in, in just a few seconds. I can look at someone and I can listen to them and say, did you know that you're saying this, doing this, acting like this? It's a pattern. You're limiting yourself. And they'll say, I, I never noticed. Or maybe I noticed, but I have never known how to get out of it. So you have to work with someone that really understands human behavior and how to really help people move through their sabotage patterns, their fears, and the patterns that don't work for them. Uh, the third thing is I think you need to get around a community that's kicking your butt. So not just get around nice, great people. Get around people that are performing better than you, that are higher achievers. Um, I love being around, I have a lot of professional athlete friends because they're always pushing themselves. So we're big health nuts, right? Mm -hmm. And when it comes to health and working out, I love being around athletes because they push their bodies way past what I'm comfortable with. Yeah. And I don't go quite there, but when I'm with them, I notice that I push myself even more. Raise your standards. That's yeah. right. So if we go off for a run, I'm gonna run farther than I do on my own. If we're gonna get in the gym, I lift more than I probably would yeah. as safely as I can. And I don't hit there, but it pushes me past my comfort zone because I'm around that. And I notice a lot of people have friends that are negative, narrow-minded, say, oh, you can't do that. Or they spend their time, you know, I don't know, drinking beer or playing on Facebook or watching things. I mean, I get on the plane and I see people uh, doing crossword puzzles. And not that I have anything wrong with it, but it's like, instead of that, why not writing a new book? Why not uh, recording a video and sharing their knowledge with people? Why not planning their next seminar, conference, or figuring out how to launch their next business to, to help people? And I just think that people spend too much time doing things that are not high performance enough. So my advice is to get around people that are high performers so that it pushes you past your comfort zone. And if they get involved in the kind of stuff that you guys do, do, do they get the benefit of, of being around high performers? Do you, do you bring them into that environment? Just by nature. I mean, you can even tell that the speed at which, you know, I'm talking here, like, uh, people always ask me, how do you, you know, this, this last two weeks I was in Stockholm, Sweden. I talked to a, a thousand people. We had uh, Zurich, Switzerland, we had 500 people. I came uh, out to the Middle East. We spoke to uh, about 500 people here. Uh, and then I'll be in tomorrow, uh, tonight, I fly to London. We have three and a half thousand people coming to an event with Les 
Brown and I was like three, three o'clock in the morning, I fly on a plane, I get there at seven in the morning, I get on the stage and we lead three days. And so they say, how do you have so much energy? And I say, because energy comes from being aligned with your calling. There's nothing I'd rather do. There's no one I'd rather be with other than the kids and the family. Outside of that, I want to be helping people. And so the idea is, is that when you get around people like that, it gets infectious. When you're around people like Richard Branson, Tony Robbins, the guy's got tons of energy. Mm. Last event we did, he was saying on stage he had some health issues. Mm -hmm. And he was a little bit lower energy. But if you're mm -hmm. around him, he's still five times the amount of energy anybody yeah. else has. Yeah. You know? So it's about getting around those people and having those networks and those friends that we, like we have done. And so when people get around us, they feel the same thing. They feel the energy, they feel the excitement, and it's like that all the time. I'm like this in the shower, I'm like this <laughs> at lunch. I'm, this is not like, I'm like this, you know, any time of the day, this is not an actor for the camera. That's who you are. This is just how I am. I, like, I'm like, you know, I can't get enough of helping people and doing what I'm aligned with. That's what I'd love for everybody. Imagine a planet where everybody's aligned and full of passion and energy, not because they have to generate it, but because it's generating them. Yeah, good point, good point. For now, thank you so much. I'll let you get back to work. Awesome, Kane, thank you. Appreciate your appreciate time. You. Thank you. As you know, I do my best to bring great people onto this show that can share their knowledge and their experience. Kane Minkus has just laid down some real gems with us on the Spencer Lodge podcast. So make sure that you take time to listen to this kind of stuff and learn from it. But more importantly, go and take some action because if you don't take action, you're not gonna get anywhere.